0: That's right. It's the penultimate episode of more football. Just one more to go. We're bringing a lot of hot fire today. In fact, we're coming at you like Goldberg's entrance for all you WWE fans, All right. Alongside Richard Johnson, Vach Lombardi, I'm Adam Burke It's great to have you with us. We're going to break from what we just saw on Sunday and people are still talking about what the hell happened at Lambeau Field. That's right. It's been a good season for Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach. Everyone felt like he and Aaron Rodgers were more in simpatico and things were going well with the number one seed. And then yet, late in this game, after Tom Brady had thrown three interceptions, the Packers looked to be charging, unable to convert on third and goal. And some may have whispered Aaron Rodgers could have scored. Regardless, on fourth and goal, LaFleur opts to kick the field goal. Rich, I'll start with you because again, I can draw this to baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays, everyone kept criticizing Kevin Cash when he lifted Blake Snell in the World Series inexplicably, despite the fact Snell was rolling. This was another inexplicable decision. Forget about second guessing. This was first guessing. Everyone's saying, hang on a second, you go for the touchdown, you get two, it's a tie game. Instead, you kick the field where you're down by five. Now you're trusting your defense to shut down Tom Brady. and Your defense has already given up 31 points. There's under two minutes to go. It was just a disaster. Can you try to explain to me what LaFleur was thinking?
1: This one I don't get. You see, the one thing that stands here is that the win probability of just making the decision to either go for it or kick the field goal is pretty negligible. But the win probability of one of those successes is very disparate. If you look at all the charts and all the data and all the metrics, and obviously that lines up with, conventional wisdom if you were to score a touchdown in that situation it would be better for your win probability than even if you made the field goal if both of those things were successful the one thing with where the Rodgers thing comes in for me is I don't think Aaron Rodgers is scoring a touchdown there but remember it was like roughly the eight yard line right where where they ended up sort of opting for the field goal if Rodgers does rush he probably gets to like the three And if he gets to like the three yard line, the four yard line, then I think LaFleur absolutely pulls the trigger to go for it on that fourth down. So Rodgers is not necessarily blameless here, even though I don't think Rodgers scores a touchdown if he if he tries to run it in there.
2: Yeah, win the game. And this is one thing I'll say this is the one time where I've seen everybody in football just really on the same page whether it be the numbers <laughs> metrics dudes, but then there's the old crusty gut feeling guys because I'm very much so old crusty gut feeling guy. And we're all saying the same thing for different reasons, but you got to go for it right there simply because if anything Tom Brady's still Tom Brady and you just don't want to give that dude the ball back with that much time left on the clock. Um, also to Todd Bowles, man, can we just clap it up for him because I went back to watch the coaches film and there really wasn't very much Aaron Rodgers could do but run that was the best option because watching it live and I always tell people don't just watch it live because you could be texting on your phone while you're watching the game you could be eating some barbecue whatever you just may miss something in my mind I'm like is he missing somebody to force the ball to Devontae Adams Nah, just nobody else was there so we got to give Todd Bowles his credit for that big cover four look that he put up at the end I don't know what you do from here man Tom Brady just got carried into this thing man uh three turnovers you just can't let that dude get away with three turnovers we always talk about this right what is the new NFL is it points or do defense win championships defense yeah but you kind of got to score points also too but you got to be opportunist and when Tom Brady gives you the opportunity to do something with three turnovers and you really don't then that's your problem uh shots out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and y'all fans I've been giving y'all a hard time all year but y'all in there go ahead Rich
1: yeah the Bucks. you know the Bucks did it with you know they made up for the uh uh, they made up for the three turnovers, obviously, with good defense, but they also, on the flip side, sort of closed the gap there with their offense with explosive plays. When you give away three possessions like that, well, how do you make the gap up of three lost possessions? Well, you have explosive plays, uh, you know, point being in Exhibit A, what happened at the end of the first half where Tom Brady, uh, you know, sort of takes the bull by the horns here and says, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to try to to make a splash play here. And uh, we're. You know, where Mike Pettin and the Packers got caught with their pants down a little bit there was in a defense that put a corner that had been struggling all day in man coverage in that situation when you know Tom Brady more than likely is really going to take the shot and you'd rather play a defense that's keeping everything in front of you. Uh, you know, the the Bucs really took went into that game and said, this guy King cannot cover our guys. We're going to pick on them all day.
0: Yeah, and that king penalty, listen, that was a late flag. You heard Buck and Aikman say that, but I- I'm of the opinion, listen, you let the guys play. I don't want to call like that deciding a game, but having said that, no excuses for the Packers. I mean, listen, I don't feel like the Buccaneers won this game, Vox. I think the Packers lost this game. And Rich mentioned Mike Pettin as well. I think he's at fault as a defensive coordinator, did not adjust. I mean, Brady had a couple of deep bombs. You've got to adjust your personnel. Obviously, that late penalty killed him, and that, at that point, it was a fait complete. but I'm with you on Todd Bowles, man. This Buccaneers defense—they were number one in the NFL this year against the rush, uh, against the pass. Not as good, but clearly they stepped up here. Paul's a Pro Bowler this year. We know about in and Sue and other players, at least in that secondary. Watch this Buck team, like you said. You've been talking smack against them. I, I, as we sit here, I'm a little shocked that wow, the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl and they did it all with these games on the road, and now they're going to be at home. This is quite a turn of events.
2: Well, I mean, we always say it's, it's not the best team, but it's who's the hottest and the Buccaneers are indeed hot and they've been somehow being hot with the old man arm. This man, uh, this is the one time the older arm has 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 won, but it wasn't because of the older arm. It was just because of the surrounding cast. The entire team is, uh, they're just they're just firing on all the shots out of Bruce Arians and his game planning. So, uh, yeah, man, it's about the hotter team and it, look, you just get a win however you want to get it at this point. If you're a Bucs fan, you don't care that Tom Brady through three interceptions. You care that you got the win, but we should be careful when we talk about these narratives, right? We just can't say, oh, the great Tom Brady did it again. This was more of a Bucks thing, you know? We just can't say just because the Packers lost that Aaron Rodgers is some choke artist playoff dude. That, that ain't the case. It was a lot of drops going on. It was a lot of uh, Packers defense not doing great. Kevin King being a victim, you know? It was just a, you know, let's just be aware when we're talking about these narratives. Nobody here, because this is more football, and y'all come here for the real stuff, but but when you're watching these other these other little mm-hmm. channels and they talk about things like that, just, just be aware, watch a little bit of film, and just try to be appropriate when we talk about these things.
1: Yeah, it's funny because Boch,
0: it's, ahead, it's, it's
1: funny because Aaron Rodgers objectively played well enough to win that game. And I don't think Tom Brady played poorly enough to lose that game. It, Three of those interceptions, I I don't know if all three of them are on him. Like I don't think Tom Brady played poorly in this game, despite what the stat line shows, the three picks, that sort of stuff. But I don't think he necessarily played, obviously, well enough to win. Tom Brady was sort of neutral here in this game, kept their heads above water, made enough plays to where, like I was saying earlier, the three turnovers really didn't bite them in the you-know-what, and they were able to win the game.
0: Yeah, Bucks ended up having uh, it's a collective team effort. And I completely agree with you, guys. There's false narratives. Oh, Rogers comes up short again or Brady gets him again. Bottom line is this. Rogers threw for 346 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And clearly afterwards, guys, looked frustrated and looked upset and even said a lot of guys' futures, they're uncertain, myself included. Rich, he's under contract for three more years. I think what he's saying is this. You guys drafted Jordan Love. You clearly thought that my time was nearing an end. And by the way, I just put up MVP numbers here. and going to be my third MVP. So I want to either restructure my deal, get some more money up front, or I'd like you to get rid of me because I'm tired of the nonsense around here and I'm tired of the way this got frustrating. I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers not being with the Packers. But what did you think of his comments?
1: I think he was emotional after a tough loss. I mean, it's, you know, he lost with the Super on the line. It's tough. I don't really ever want to read too much into comments made after a loss like that. If I'm the Packers, he ain't going nowhere. I mean, he is everything. Uh, and, and, you know, Jordan Love can sit right there and maybe he'll be trade bait at a later date. No, 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 no. Aaron Rodgers stays in the green and gold. It, you know, if I'm the Packers and I have anything to do with it, the only thing that Rodgers can do to get out of that contract if I'm the Packers is retire, which is well within his right.
2: I mean, maybe he's just sick of everybody. Because maybe if they drafted a little better, then maybe they would have won the game, right? Maybe they'll have another complimentary player to do a little bit. I can't name not 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 one rookie doing anything anything good on their team right now. So so you know, maybe he's just done with them. And then when you're winning. You know, when you win, it it makes everybody feel good. It makes it look like me and Matt LaFleur getting along. They still may not be getting along. So it's weird that he says, hey, we just got to the championship game. We needed a little bit more, and we lost, but I want to do some more damage to this salary cap so we don't get more help. It don't make sense. So just give him a little bit more time to figure things out and just let him, let him rest and then come back and have this conversation. Rich, you had something?
1: No, I didn't because you said that you couldn't name one rookie, and I almost – Named a rookie and then realized he was a second-year player. Elton Jenkins, yeah, you know. one of the best <laughs> linemen, one of the best young offensive linemen in the NFL, is in his second year, not his rookie year.
0: <laughs> Mississippi State, ladies and gentlemen. Well, oh, listen, oh, nice shout out. Uh, as far as Brady's concerned, we know social media was abuzz with him and Gronk replicating their video once again. So clearly, Tom and Gronk are back at it again in the Super Bowl, enjoying the limelight. To zone more live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. DAZN. 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 Well, unfortunately, there wasn't nearly as much drama in the AFC Championship game, although the three of us thought that was the game where there was more likely to be an opposite. Maybe the Bills could knock off the Kansas City Chiefs instead. Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things, 325 yards passing, three touchdowns, and particularly the numbers with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I mean, Foch, we've seen great quarterback-receiver combos before, but I mean, Kelsey's not even a tight end. He's just, he's, a, he's just a huge receiver. He's like a power forward in basketball, as if you were watching the Golden State Warriors. All right, there's Draymond Green out there. Kelsey is this electrifying force. And Tyreek Hill is so fast. He's such a burner. Your thoughts on the Chiefs just steamrolling the Bills? You know, man. You know,
2: it's it's crazy when we preview games or whatnot, and it's never about what you do. It's about can Pat mess something up? Can this team be bad? Can they da da da? It's we're always looking at it from the chief side. Those dudes are incredible, and when they're on point, they're on point. You know, it was. I was watching the game, right? Because I always look at this from a more football, you know, uh, you know, view or whatever. And I was like, okay, so what's going to have to happen here? And we're talking about red zone woes, right? I was like, all right, cool. The chiefs are in the red zone. The only way for the bills to get back in this after that Miko Harmon, muff fumble or whatever is for them to have problems in the red zone. I was like, you know what? They got to pull shit out their bag to get this done. And boy, they pulled some shit out the bag. They offense coordinator was just coaching. Like he doesn't have a head coaching job. I, I, I don't know. It seems like he was upset at the work. How creative it was, how intuitive it was just just, that, that shovel pass off of that, off that counter pull to Travis. It was beautiful. It was magical. It was so perfect that the bills were actually okay. It just wasn't enough. If you look at Josh Allen's numbers, they were actually pretty good. It just wasn't enough. So now how do you stop Pat Mahomes? How do you stop this Chiefs offense? It's not just Pat because this whole, okay, we're going to run the football. Daryl Williams did great. We're going to run the football. We're going to make you play man. Then we're going to run faster than you. Then you got to go zone because you can't run with us in man. Now we're going to pick you apart down under with our tight end. What do you do? What do you do? I don't think there's a good answer for what do you do now besides just try to let the salary cap eat that Chiefs team up. But I don't know, man. Those dudes were, they, they were fun to watch. They were incredible, man. I don't know what you do. Go ahead, Rich.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Bills came in and, and like, like you said, Vach, we thought the Bills could hang in this game, right? And then you realize that they can't. And the Chiefs, it's, it's really interesting to watch a football team flip the switch. You're not really supposed to be able to do that. Basketball teams can do that. Basketball teams can mess around, da, 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 and then flip the switch in the playoffs. The Chiefs, Decided to wait between their bye week and the AFC championship game to flip the switch. And they flipped it on Sunday evening uh, and they don't turn off. And so I don't know what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. That's another conversation for our final episode of more football. But watching them just effortlessly after going down 9-0, effortlessly, just race right past him and go what was it I think a 38 to 6 run or something like that at one point in time when yeah.
2: I mean it was it was absolutely absurd there's a certain feel when you're watching a game right like they zoom in on Harmon on the sideline he's upset I muffed the pumble. I'm I'm pissed off and Pat was like hey man like <laughs> we're us <laughs> we're <laughs> we're chiefs like chill and Travis Kelsey walked up to him and everybody just pat him on the shoulder. and Miko was like okay fine we're we're chiefs and they were chiefs It was incredible. And then he scored.
1: He scored later. And then he had that long end around run. I mean, it's just, they're just going to score. They're just relentless. They are attacking. They are incessant. Uh, It's just really, really brilliant to watch.
0: Yeah. Hardman giveth Hardman taketh away. Whatever he was doing, he was involved when it came to scoring, at least in that first quarter. But there's no panic in this team. They're absolutely calm. And I think Richard's right. Effortless is the appropriate word when describing this team because. Whatever challenge they have in early deficit, they have the confidence with their offensive firepower, they're going to figure things out. For the Buffalo Bills, that vaunted firepower did not show up in the playoffs. Josh Allen, that offense, never really totally got going, especially what we saw in the regular season. And, you know, their Coach McDermott said the Buffalo Bills are going to be back. But with all respect to Sean McDermott, listen— if I see to you guys, you know, who's your favorite team? Okay, Golden State Warriors. Hey, they won a couple titles. You figure they'll be back. But all of a sudden, Durant wants out. He gets hurt. Klay uh, Thompson's got an ACL injury. I'm like, these things happen. You know, it doesn't matter the sport. You cannot just assume these things happen. So, Richard, I... I think that's interesting. This this narrative being thrown out there. All right, the Bills are building blocks. Hey, they won the division. They're gonna go on a run. Like, not necessarily. Like, why why would there be such confidence that they'll just immediately get better? The Patriots are gonna rebound, the dolphins are on the rise. Do you buy the fact the Bills are just gonna be back?
1: No, you you don't necessarily have to be back. Like it's not some birthright that you end up being back in the NFC championship game, right? Uh or, or excuse me, the AFC championship game with a ticket to the Super Bowl. I mean, think about Philip Rivers and those incredible Chargers teams all throughout the 2000s that never really got back for one reason or another. Right. Uh, You know, and then consider the fact that the AFC quarterback slate is about to be absolutely ridiculous. And that's before a Trevor Lawrence gets in the league, right? I mean, think about the way the quarterbacks in this uh, in this side of the NFL are about to stack up. Think about if Stafford goes to Indianapolis. Now you've got Pat You've got maybe Stafford. You've got Lamar. All of those guys are around Josh Allen. You've got Herbert. I mean, there's a ton of guys in the AFC that you're going to have to get through. And it's going to be a really doggy dog uh, side of the NFL for the next like decade if these guys continue to pan out, uh, you know, Tua as well. So it's not just a birthright that the Bills are going to be back in this AFC championship game year after year after year
2: what's well, a couple ways to look at it you know I think the the bills can get better but then there's this other question of can they be good enough to get back here and beat the Chiefs you see what I'm saying that's the problem so you can always just draft somebody on defense because like I always say these guys on defense like they're there's some really good guys like I know them once I once I look at them and know them but there aren't any stars on defense like you have oh we went to go get digs on offense we went to go do these things we drafted and shirt up our offensive line they're gonna have to get some better guys on on Defense to work along with those miscellaneous guys, but just like you said, Rich, nothing is promised here. I think there's a stat to where every single year there's at least four teams in the next year's playoffs that weren't in last year's playoffs. I think I said they're wrong, whatever. But four teams guaranteed to not be there next year, whatever. Bills may be that team to not be there next year, and what gives them kind of the advantage is that Josh is on his rookie deal. But this is what's going to happen. They're going to have a little bit of money because of that. They're going to go sell their soul and sign a bunch of people to try to get better to Pat. If it doesn't happen again, again, then Josh is going to want his money. Then you're in a deeper hole than you were at first. So I don't recommend y'all just go and try to sell y'all soul like that. Try to get better how you are. Try to get some draft picks and just try to make it boogie on that. Uh, But besides that, dude, you, you better hope that the salary cap just eat the Chiefs up. That's the only way I can see it.
0: Listen, it was positive steps for Bills Mafia. You got that playoff victory. That's great news for the fans. Now, as you guys said, you can't rest on your laurels. You've got to get better. Let's move on and talk about some NFL news off the field. And that involves the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford. This is a guy who's a former number one overall pick. He's thrown for over 45,000 yards in the league. He's had 31 fourth quarter comebacks, but never playoff success. And now mutually, both Matthew Stafford and the Lions have agreed, hey, let's just move on and find a trading partner. This is interesting because immediately to my mind, Vach, I say, okay, well, there's a few teams that need a quarterback who I think have the cap space, and that's the key here. It's one thing to say, oh, this team could use him, this team could use him. A lot of these teams are going to have some cap problems because of what happened with COVID. The cap's going to go down. So the teams to me, make sense. Well, obviously, Philip Rivers just retired. The Colts need a quarterback. Patriots need a quarterback after one year with Cam Newton. And the Denver Broncos are eternally looking for a quarterback. So <laughs> Stafford, for me, at least, Vach, I go, well, there's a three teams right there. If Matthew Stafford could go that, at least by the numbers, could afford him and try to. And by the way, this is about as team-friendly a deal as he has. He's getting paid twenty million for next season, twenty-three million after that. For a guy who's a number one quarterback who can do some good things, that's good money. I mean, one
2: hundred percent. And if you look at Matthew Stafford, I mean, just watch him on film. He could, he could, he could play still. Like that arm is still active. He could still run around. He's making these throws. It's just that there's always some auxiliary answer to where you know to why the lions are bad you know Matt Patricia's terrible he just got fired or whatever we just can't get the run game going offensive line my weapons are hurt this year so I gotta figure out how to make Kenny Galladay a star and he did or I gotta super get Marvin Jones involved and he did I don't know if Marvin Jones is, is 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 as as good as he is with another quarterback so Matt Stafford can still get it done and there are some goofy little football fans Cause I love to attack goofy football fans that are gonna be like oh Matt Stafford he's watched just because you don't win football games don't mean you watch if you watch the film you will see how good he really is. And the best part about it is you don't have to give up a ransom to get him. So you can keep your draft picks for the most part. That salary cap is going to be favorable, and he's a veteran quarterback. Um, If you look at some of these other quarterbacks that maybe want to be on some different team, they may not have hit their ceiling just yet. You may have to give up a ransom to go get them. They just got their money last month. You see what I'm saying? You don't get those issues with Matt Stafford. And, you know, if you look at the NFC side, this is filled with, hey, let's get an old veteran quarterback and figure this thing out Tannehill is a playoff guy Filler rivers is an older guy who worked his way into a playoff with a team that's built already so let's just say you're matthew stafford and you go to the chicago bears who's got a defense that's solid and hopefully after covid they get some of their opt-out guys back you got receiving options you got one of the better running back, better young running backs in the league alan robinson not going nowhere if you tell him that you got big rocket arm matt stafford coming to play offense with you a clear upgrade over money mitch so yeah matt stafford got options. i think he can pick where he want to go because everybody has an open door for him in terms of what they're giving up.
1: Yeah, you know, I think about it from the Lions perspective. The Lions might not get the best side of this deal because uh, everybody knows that they kind of have to trade him. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody knows you're open for business. The other thing here is that they're going to have to get this done before the draft they're probably gonna have to get this done before free agency. I mean, this isn't gonna be something that they kick down the can down the road. Uh, But, you know, in their favor as well is the fact that a team that they may be trying to do business with is going to restructure Stafford's deal. So Staff, you're not going to bring Stafford on for just these two years and, and hope it burns bright for these two years. He's still relatively young enough where you can make this a five-year deal and you can sort of send him out into the twilight and you can structure the deal, do some cap logistics and some cap magic. So what happens with Stafford, I think, I don't know if it's the biggest story of the offseason, but to me, it's probably the most intriguing because of what he can do particularly for a Colts, uh, you know, a team like that, that, that feels that they are right on the cusp uh, and, and is just a Stafford
0: away. Is Stafford, do you think, Rich, a better option for teams landing a quarterback than Deshaun Watson? I think the three of us agree no, with Deshaun Watson. No,
1: absolutely not. And then, Virk, <laughs> I'm not even going to let you get the question out of your <laughs> mouth because I can't even entertain it, my good friend.
2: We uh, are not sympathetic.
1: <laughs> listen, we are not back. So
2: listen, if, we're not okay, so hearing it.
1: Say, we're not hearing it today.
2: Okay, so Stafford's let's just say this: older, but he's cheaper. Go ahead, Vod. So, okay, watch. let's just say this, right? I said the Bears earlier. Let's use the Bears. If the Bears wanted to get Deshaun Watson, what would they have Mm -hmm. to give up? How much damage to their team are they going to have to do to get Deshaun Watson, right? They're going to have to give up some draft picks that they really need. They're going to have to give up some money. They're going to have to give these things away. If you're the Bears, you could just basically acquire – Matt Stafford and just fill him in with the guys that you got. I think that the Bears are a are a are a full blown, full blown playoff team right now with Matt Stafford with the guys that they have. If you add Deshaun and take away, you know, Allen Robinson because he's gonna be wanting money, but you gotta pay Deshaun, so you can't pay both of them. I think something different happens to that team, right? There was this report that came out, and I promised I didn't want to talk about Deshaun Watson in the pre-meeting. I said no, I didn't want to talk about it. I'm gonna talk about it. In one yeah. of the little okay. situations or whatever, it was probably agent talk or whatever. But they were like, well, we're looking at the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. That's probably not real. Nobody wants to play for the Jets. But even if that was the case, though, you need that capital to make the, the whole team better, right? Because we know that Watson isn't going to carry anybody by himself because he's really not carrying anybody by himself right now. He's getting his numbers, but the Texans are still, like, third overall pick range, and that pick is going to the Dolphins or whatever. But So you need things around him. That doesn't make Watson a bad quarterback or anything like that for needing help, but he does need the help around him. So now you just want to give away the assets to go get help? Like, yeah, he's part of the help, but you need help to go with him. It's rich, to, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me that doesn't make sense, man.
1: No, I want Deshaun Watson. I want Deshaun Watson over Matt Stafford six days a week and twice on Sunday. I mean, it's just, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. I mean, it's not so even rich. a discussion. Deshaun Watson sews me up for, I mean, longer than Matt Stafford, more than anything else. It, it's it's potentially a decade of Deshaun Watson, a decade that I can build around uh, for the future with Stafford, I feel like we have to win sooner because of where the end of his career, the cliff of the end of his career, is coming. I remember Matt Stafford didn't have any help either, and both of us think the world of Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford does not have many playoff wins either, so you know it's it's sort of same six and a half a dozen as far as needing help uh is concerned.
2: So, Rich, let, let me ask you a question, Rich. Right. Hold on, I don't, Rich. Let me just let me just pull your card real fast, Rich. Jaguars fan, right? Would you give away sure. your coveted first overall Trevor Lawrence pick and thirty what like twenty five percent of your salary cap for Deshaun Watson, him being a top five quarterback? Would you do it, Rich?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, oh, you bugging, my guy. You bugging. Absolutely you bugging. keep
2: Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> you pick guys to go around, you keep that cap space, you go get him some help, and you just win with the young dude. But you know what? I can't help you for one. I Sean think go ahead. I-
1: I think our viewers know, I think, the world of Trevor Lawrence. But you take the known thing. You take the proven commodity. Trevor Lawrence may be a really good NFL quarterback. I hope he is. But I know Deshaun Watson is a really good quarterback. And that's the difference in that situation.
2: See, Rich, that's why you're brilliant, sir. Go ahead, man. Uh, That's why you're brilliant, Rich, because you want to... See, that's why you're brilliant because you want to get Deshaun Watson. You want to get big yards. Then you want to pick top five again next year so you can get the quarterback that year.
0: I got you, Rich. Go ahead, Ed, man. <laughs> He's having his cake and eat it too. Uh, let's just do a couple minutes here, fellas. Speaking of the draft, yeah. it's interesting. It's coming up. Obviously, we're going to be excited about it, but it's obviously a different feel. It was a different feel a year ago. Uh, listen, Rich, you look at the combine. It's going to be different. There's just going to be a lot more virtual, a lot more Zoom meetings. We did it last year. It's going to be the same feel this year, right?
1: uh yeah you know i i wonder how this you know the big guys are the big guys but i do wonder how it changes the bottom of the draft the fcs guys the d2 guys uh you know the, the day three guys even at the big colleges um you know i do wonder what the fact that pro days are all going to be virtual all that kind of stuff what happens to the bottom tier of the draft um you know do we see more sort of outlandish swings that look more outlandish uh Because you don't have a consensus on a guy at the bottom of the draft. Um, Do we see more reticence at the bottom of the draft? Uh, for teams to maybe not take swings. I I don't know what's going to happen. I do think that things are going to be different, but we know that scouts and coaches and all that sort of stuff love to get their eyes on guys in person. And and we are not going to have as much of that as we otherwise would this year because of everything we understand. So a different draft run up for sure. Um, You know, there's not even going to be a ton of in-person interviews. It's all going to be Zoom. and, And that's a different wrinkle because You know, we love we know that that NFL scout guy loves to be an amateur psychologist or whatever. So I I assume that uh, their powers may be a little bit muted this year, given that it's Zoom and not in person and they can't shake hands with the guy and look him in the eye or some crap like that.
2: Just another angle to it, not just the bottom guys, but also the top guys, because just like NFL football, there were opt-outs. So there are some guys to where if you look at the top of the board, top of each position, there are guys that played football and there are guys that didn't. So you look at Greg Russo from Miami, he opted out. If you look at his 2019 film, you would be like, man, you have a lot of room to grow. Let's see if you grow. He didn't play football this year. Uh Jmar Chase, who was incredible, Right, we're we're probably having this wide receiver one, wide receiver two conversation now because Devonte Smith, who played football this year, just showed up and, t- and tore all the records apart. Just just tore up college football. So now we're having this conversation. Jamar Chase isn't just sitting comfortably at number one anymore. I think I think COVID has affected some of these top of the board guys also. So it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out.
0: Definitely is going to be interesting. We'll talk more about the NFL draft next week on more football. The season finale is coming up, so you do not want to miss that. As always, the rookie diaries are on to zone. And one personnel movie we want to mention this is pretty cool Jennifer King, the first full time African American female assistant position coach in NFL history. Washington football team announcing King will serve as the assistant running backs coach. So, always good to see. Uh, Obviously, diversity in these hirings and off the field, Washington certainly should be applauded in that move with Jennifer King. Again, no football coming up this weekend, but more football will return. We'll break down the Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Uh, That's a huge matchup. I know these guys are locked in. Like Goldberg, we're not blowing smoke. We've got plenty more coming up in the season finale. We'll see you then.